1: FM to get started.
2: You're tuning into the online broadcast network, After Buzz TV. Over twenty million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. Let the buzz begin! Hey, Doctor Who fans,
1: Whovians, whatever you choose to call yourself, companions maybe, I don't know. <laughs> uh, however you choose to see yourself. we are no in Whoville. No, that's just wrong. <laughs> Not that way. Uh, thank you for tuning in, guys. Uh, welcome back to Doctor Who Classics here at AfterBuzz TV. I'm your host, Zach Wilson. Today we are talking about enemy of the world the uh, 6768 episode we're kind of going backwards in time because we, we skipped over this episode <laughs> and then I like watched a little bit of it and was like oh wait we should watch this episode like why and did we
0: it. skip this episode this one was good you it was... know it
1: we have this is to a bigger question that a lot of fans want to know why we do certain episodes I'm looking for when we pick out the episodes I'm looking for the big ones and we're going to start being a lot more selective going forward because it's tough when you're going back to these true classics at the very beginning you want to see them all because they all establish something new as we move into Doctors 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 8's not very complicated <laughs> but um, <Yeah. laughs> um,
0: well audio dramas but no <laughs> we're not yes. going to be covering
3: audio dramas well but, no I know but god do I want more of it
1: <laughs> but that's neither here nor there um we so I jumped to Web of Fear partially because it looked like a fun episode. I'd heard it was good, and also I know that Katie doesn't like spiders. <laughs> uh, so I My like,
0: usual response to this is not air appropriate. Which
1: spiders are not involved in an episode, but I hadn't dug too deep into it before. <laughs> it
0: so has. why do we let you choose episodes again? Because he's the leader. Because he's the leader. <laughs> yeah. But
1: why do they? Why does anybody follow the doctor? There's not a good reason. <laughs> it's, it's because,
0: <laughs> because it we're seems partially like fun. intrigued and partially dumb as hell. But with a name like Web of Fear, you would think spiders. You were would. Involved. By the way, who are you people?
1: <laughs> I'm Zach Wilson. I think I already introduced myself. Nope. I, don't, I think whatever. I don't know. Either way. Anyway. <laughs> That's Megan Salinas. Hi. And that's Katie Collins. Hi,
0: all my buddies. <laughs> uh,
1: this is already off. To, we're off to a rough start. That's
0: okay. But we're off
1: to a rough start with arguably one of the best episodes that we've seen thus far. Like best stories. Because com- a lot of times there's like oh out of six episodes. Four were really good, and then there were two weird ones in the middle where <laughs> we were just walking. Or, or it was a slow
0: beginning. Every
3: single chapter in this story was so engaging and so interesting and kept you guessing. I can't think of any of these episodes that you could have just tossed and you, you would have lost something really substantial. There are other Doctor Who you know, episodes where you could lose two or three and you wouldn't really lose a whole lot, but this one, everything was important, and it was really cool to see it progress.
1: And you know what really made it stand out was the fact that over the six episodes, it was constantly building on it. Like it's a yeah. classic improv thing. You hear "yes and," like yes, it's a weird, crazy world. And we're in Australia, and there's a hovercraft, <laughs> and there's a crazy <laughs> plot to like take over the world, and, and he the
0: doctor looks, like, looks
2: just yeah, like exactly. him. <laughs> and
0: you can travel by. To get to the other side of the planet in less than two hours, it's and there's craziest. people underground, and they make natural disasters. Well, we're
3: and gonna get
1: to that. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Stop getting they a ahead of ourselves.
0: Control device. <laughs> they do.
1: <laughs> I mean, in a very big way, <laughs> this was. I mean, because a lot of Doctor Who episodes are Doctor Who does this, Doctor Who does that, uh, does bat,
0: does this, it- does that.
1: Yes, does. Uh, Like any kind of yes, a pirate adventure, cat. uh, race race adventure, like um, western, like that's the like, especially I remember like the season seven of her of modern who, like going out west. It's like this is just Doctor Who in the west. I wear Stetson like. now, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Stetson, a Stetson. Um, that's yeah, my, one of my good. favorite. I insert moments.
0: catchphrase. Insert Doctor. Insert episode. Move on.
1: Yeah, um, and this was very much. Doctor Who does Bond.
0: <laughs> that's true. It was it was a very spy
3: kind of like episode. It was it was kind of like a it was the Prince and the Pauper episode. If the Prince was a megalomaniacal maniac who wanted <laughs> to take over the world,
1: <laughs> uh, but it's also very much like when we open up, like what are we opening on? Like they get the caught amongst, running down
3: to the beach.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. So <laughs> that
3: was so great. Let's,
1: let's, I want to talk about that because that's so cool. But like talk just to the Bond thing. We opened up on them running into guys with guns being chased, and then they jump in a hovercraft, and then they're mistaking him for a world leader who's got, like, crazy gadgets and control stuff, and the bunker, like, this is all Bond villain stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and even Kirk, like, or Giles, was his name Giles Kent, Giles Yeah, it was Giles Kent. Okay, because I think of both of those as last names, and that threw me when they kept (laughs) calling him different stuff. Um, probably just because of Giles from Buffy. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Who doesn't think of Giles
1: from Buffy? Um, but even he turns out to be a Bond villain in the end. Yeah.
3: That threw me for such a loop. Uh, that w- I'll be honest, I did not see that coming. But
1: so as as we talk about this yeah. episode, I want to keep coming back to this idea of, like, just think about this episode as a Bond movie. And it's so, to- it takes it into a totally other level. He if needs you- a tux. Well, he has, a, <laughs> like, a weird future suit. I mean, He kind
0: of t- wears one already. It just doesn't have a tie involved. That's a Bond tux. <laughs> nah, I think he's good.
1: I mean, he's got his own thing going on. Bond has his tuxes. The doctor's got uh, A whatever. Recorder. Whatever's going on here, I don't know. Um, but it, we're we're in 2018, um, and the world has gone into chaos. <laughs> um, it's we, gonna be
3: very interesting to watch the next four years.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're real. We're real close to this. It's good, I mean, all it takes, all it takes is one nuke, one nuke, and mm, then we're there. Yeah, there we go. Then this future comes true. <laughs>
0: I'm wondering if the nuclear apocalypse ever actually happened in this future, because they weren't talking about nuclear issues. They were talking about the problem that Salamander solved was famine, that he discovered some way to grow four different crops in the same space in the span of a year instead of, one crop in that space over a year or over years. Mm-hmm. And that's why he was getting all this power. The nuclear thing was to keep that particular group of people clueless and underground and doing his bidding. Yeah, I don't so think So I they... don't think the nuclear apocalypse ever happened or was ever close to it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they ever said the word nuke, like nukes that nukes went off, but there was absolutely a war of some kind that threw the world into chaos and why the world has been divided into all of these little, like, the... Regions? Yeah, the the uh, controller of the European... The Central European Zone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no longer countries. This is the Australian Zone. Um, or Australasian Zone, yeah. rather. Who knows how that came <laughs> to happen. But I like that, because it's a little detail that can... that If you explore it, if you dig into it, that meant that Australia somehow got brought into... Asia or they were trading or somehow they were combined and then were separated into separate zones, post war. It could it could have any kind of different
3: mm-hmm. Has- Is it me, or is this not, like, not saying that this was a political episode, but is this, like, the most politics that we've seen in Doctor Who? Because we've seen, obviously, politics at play in Doctor Who before, but this episode, it felt very much, to me, like Game of Thrones. Because you have people pitting, you know, people against each other, and people vying for power, and all sorts of schemes going on. Everyone's got their
0: own agenda, But we saw that with the cavemen, and we saw that with the Aztecs. Yeah, but this was good! Yeah, (laughs) I know! I know, this was actual good execution of it! But that's
1: historical... Stuff, and that's a totally different thing when you're talking about. I mean, we had a little bit of it in the 10th planet, Mm -hmm. um, when they're talking about like how to deal with the world and like the politics of like all those decisions. It's always
3: been there, kind of in the background on the back burner, but this is the first time we see politics actively being done and all the backstabbing that goes into (laughs) this world into this brave new world that has been established in the future,
1: yeah, at least with uh, what we've seen. We have skipped a number of episodes. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I get the feeling
0: we'll get more politics once we start getting into more unit. Yeah.
1: Well, once you get locked into a place, once you get locked onto Earth, especially modern-day Earth, there's a lot more stuff to do there.
0: But, boy, does it make it easier on the costume department.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well... I mean, they're not going to get off too easy. There's still plenty of aliens and nonsense to go around.
0: (laughs) True, but you don't have to get a whole bunch of Victorian garb for all the people. Not yet. No, just military garb for all the unit
3: people. It's going to be great.
1: I mean, oh, we yeah. still have Victoria running around. You never know when she's going to go in the back to her costume trunk and find her <laughs> weird outfits. Like, yeah, look. but
0: that's Victoria. That's not every single extra on the set.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Either, neither here nor there. Anyway, um, we're not
0: there yet. We're
2: here.
3: Yeah. We're
1: here. We're, here. we're in 2018. We're in
0: this <laughs> part of time.
1: Um, I did love the opening frolic. <laughs> yes. And that was like, oh, you can fit. Again, you can just see what Matt Smith is building from in this, like, this, like, this doctor that's just like, it's time for some fun. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it was probably the most whimsical we've seen this particular doctor. You know, it's just like, just this chance to be, he's a 500-year-old man, and he just wants to go and play on
0: the beach, because it's the best thing ever. <laughs> we've landed at the shore. Yes, but where are we? The shore! <laughs> like, does it matter?
1: Doesn't matter where we find, are.
0: See if you can find shovels and pails. Is he digging for earthworms? I think he wants us to play sandcastles.
1: There might be some radioactivity in the water. Who cares? <laughs> if it's actually our 2018, there is. <laughs>
0: I just love that it's Jamie and Victoria being like, we're the responsible adults here, and that guy's running around in the water in his skivvies. All right.
1: I mean, when I, did that happen? You know, I think it might be partially. I have to think that the writers at the time were thinking post-regeneration, he does have a sort of mental reset, not memory reset, because obviously he still remembers everything. But, and this is different, obviously, as we've moved forward with 11 and 12 and 13 doctors with an asterisk. Um, (laughs) But uh, this is, it was sort of a reset. He got a lot younger. So he's behaving like a young man because he lived one life and now he's living a second. So it just has the memories, but it's a new person. Now, as we get into more changes, once you have to like take that to a new place, you can't just go young again. Mm -hmm. You have to change it and bend it and do all kinds of different things. But I have to imagine that that's sort of the reasoning behind Troughton's doctor being so just fun loving and like childish.
0: He's well, a blast. And I think
3: part of that, too, is just the fact that that's just kind of what you can do when you cast a younger actor. Because William Hartnell, as endearing as he was, he's not going to be able to run around the beach and play. You know, No, but he
1: did still have fun with stuff. Yeah, it was yeah. so
3: much... No, he still had that very, you know, that, that wonderfully endearing grin. You, you definitely have fun, but he's not going to jump into the ocean if he doesn't
0: have to.
1: <laughs> You're really he wasn't ex- nearly as mobile. Yeah, your really excited grandpa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, as opposed to Trouton, who's your really excited uncle. Uncle, yeah. 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 There you go. <laughs> um, or that like weird adult that you just hang out with because they're fun. <laughs> um, He's like
0: your dad's best friend from high school or something.
1: Yeah. I mean, this the trio of people that we have right now on this show is a blast because they're so diverse in terms of like their attitude. Victoria, very... It, sort of I'm going to wait back and see what happens so that Victorian England like <laughs> let's I don't know just from know, the era he's from yeah. yeah yeah um Jamie like very much <laughs> like he's an he's, this show's action hero by all well, accounts he's scottish yeah he's ready to, he's <laughs> going to jump in the doctors just like the fun he's just like well, just this, this, big kid. this is cool <laughs> what are we going to do now and
0: what i love about their that di- wow about their dynamic Is that we see this again in this episode? They really trust each other. They don't even have to be on the same continent to work together. Like, okay, you guys go do the thing. I completely trust that you will get the thing done and I will be over here doing this thing and you completely trust me to do this thing. And And,
3: works. And how well they know each other. Like the the part that really (coughs) stuck out to me was when the doctor was pretending to be someone else and then stops pretending and the way that he can you know, just the way that he proves that he's actually him uh it was just so fun and they're like oh, miming playing the
2: recorder
0: because he uh, has that recorder everywhere that's his thing but jamie made him leave it in the tardis
1: to sonic didn't want to get it wet i guess <laughs> they didn't have sonic screwdrivers yet so it was he had a sonic recorder the first doctor had a sonic flashlight it yes. just had one setting
0: <laughs> high beams
1: one. Uh, the TARDIS regenerated this flashlight into a recorder. <laughs> um, it's like,
0: well, it
3: doesn't light anything up, but it's useful, more fun.
1: But speaking to the the fact that they are are very much like on an agreement and a wavelength when they send Jamie and Victoria off to play spy, the Doctor isn't really the spy in this show. No. He, that that's totally not his. At, at least any Doctor that I've, I'm familiar with. it's Really, I'm missing. A, I have a huge gap in the middle. Yeah. Um is not the type to go in and play, like, subtle spy. (laughs) Like, nothing about the Doctor is ever subtle.
0: No. (laughs) Which is, it's probably a good thing that the person he's mimicking is so strong a personality, because if the person he was mimicking was kind of quiet and subtle and didn't show anything, he would have a terrible time, but he's this very loud, bombastic, emphatic sort of man, so of course the Doctor can do that.
1: I mean, and it fits, but like, but I just mean the idea of sending Jamie and Victoria off. Oh, yeah. We've, we They are so comfortable with each other, this trio, that the doctor's gone from, I'm not going to let you do anything, to, all right, go find evidence that this guy's as bad as these people say he is, and then we'll go from there. And they mm-hmm. go off, and Jamie does a, a, a pretty good <laughs> job. I yeah. love the little scheme of like yeah. that they came up with. Oh no! It's a bomb. Throw it. Explosion <laughs> from somewhere else. But it works. It's a great ploy because he could grab anything. He could like throw a bush over the <laughs> over the wall and then it explodes. You're
3: like, wow! How did would we miss really, that? It would have
1: been really funny if he threw like a pie. <laughs> Although I guess you have the food taster. Yeah. Um, let's talk about. Let's talk about. I believe her name was Faria.
3: Yeah. Far-ri- and Faria.
1: Faria. It was something was like it
3: that. Foria? Yeah, I. I, like, this episode is, all the side characters were very intriguing. I loved Astrid. She was great. Giles was really interesting, even up until the end when you find out what his true motives are. He was interesting. For Raya, I, she, I really wish we had more on her because. I want to know her
0: backstory. She
3: was one of the most interesting aspects of this, of this particular episode because she did something. She was a political enemy of this guy. And he, some, much like he used the other guy, whose name I can't remember, um, much like he manipulated him to, to make it look like he was an embezzler, he had something on her and was blackmailing her and was doing it in a very humiliating way. Like she had to smile when he said so. I wanted to know exactly what she did. I wanted to know. And just the fact that she wanted revenge. She was tired of it. She was ready to go back and get back at him. I I found her intriguing as hell. And we got nothing from that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean,
1: well, you want to talk about somebody... But what, what that says that's so great is that you can have a character... You always want to have more from your side character. That's what you should be. You should... Me. <laughs> okay. You should see a side character and say, "I want to know your whole story." Mm-hmm. Every character, especially in something like this, should have their own stories. Should you, every one of these people should feel like a fully fleshed out character? We didn't need more from her story to understand where she was coming from. Mm-hmm. We knew I, that she came from a uh, a belittled, like she was. She was the worst kind of servant. Like she's literally being forced to put herself. Basically, it's as if you're using her as a bulletproof shield every day. It's like your only job is to protect me, to stand in front of me in case somebody fires a bullet.
0: Essentially, yeah.
1: Although she probably tastes some pretty good food. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, but would you really think it's worth it at that point? Well, and he's
3: belittling her every chance he gets. You know, he's like, she was hungry, so I gave her a job. Although now that she has to test my food, she's lost her appetite. You know, like, just all the little jabs. Like, clearly she did something to really get on his bad side. And I really wanted to know what that was. And as as upset as I was that they killed off the only black character in this episode, <laughs> yeah, I, I really loved that as a character... She wasn't just the black character. She was she was a person. She was fully formed, and I really wanted to know more about her. I thought she was interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, well, as as long as we're on the topic, yeah, let's just because... do let's let's talk about it now. Uh, I was going <laughs> to save it till the end, but like, let's just let's discuss there's, it now. There's
3: a little bit to talk about. Yeah,
0: we
1: we talk about it on this show the, a lot, and I know that some people are get frustrated with us about it, but. This is part of what we're doing here is we're looking at classic who from a modern perspective. Like somebody that's grown up with modern who is like what we understand of it. And just the modern world, going back and watching stuff in the 60s, you get a very different worldview. It just was different at the time. The way that people, the way that media portrayed everything was different. And it's worth discussing the differences.
3: Yeah. You have to look at the social context of the time.
1: Now, obviously, there's mostly white cast, but that's just television at the time. The, her character, I was worried at first when they bring her in as a servant. Oh, there's going to be another flat African or African British, I guess, character who's not going to have a lot to do. But she they gave her plenty to do. They made her very positive, very d- strong character.
3: And I just to, to bounce off of that and also talk a little bit about gender portrayals in this episode. Her and Astrid both showed a tremendous amount of agency and really well developed character and. That this episode knocked out of the park. Like, they were two of my favorites. In well, this if one. Jamie's the
0: action hero of his trio, then Astrid is the action hero of her cast. Because mm-hmm. she just didn't care. It's like, <laughs> okay, we're going to have a distraction, and I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to beat him yeah. up and run outside, and you play dead.
3: Yeah, she did so much fighting. She's a pilot, you know. She comes up with all these cool schemes and everything like that. She's not just a Bond girl, you know. She would be the main character.
2: Yeah, like.
1: like you could, if you're applying the Bond metaphor, like you could say that Giles is Bond and she's the Bond girl. But I would say, no, Giles is closer to being, like, an M, yeah, he, and she's Bond.
3: Yeah. He would be an evil M, and she's Bond, exactly. We just drop
1: our characters into it in the <laughs> middle, like, getting in the way. And
3: that's kind of something I really like about this episode, too, is it feels, it feels very much like our characters just plopped into another movie, and a lot of other episodes don't feel like that. It takes a little bit more time to get going before the ball really gets rolling. Like the Yeti. Like, the Doctor has to get there before <laughs> the story starts, and that wasn't the case here. He was like, huh, I wonder what's going on. People are he- shooting at us.
0: Here, the Doctor is the plot twist in the existing story.
1: Yeah, if you're looking at it from their perspective, like, oh, we gotta stop this bad guy. Wait, this dude that looks just <laughs> like our enemy, fell out of the sky. Which,
3: since We since, are going to use the <laughs> hell out of this. Not, not to get off topic again, but since we were talking about Salamander, let's go ahead and talk about Zala- uh, Salamander. The whole big thing thing in this episode is that Patrick Trouton is playing both roles as the Doctor and mm-hmm. as Salamander which makes sense because otherwise how would this whole you know Prince and the Pauper scheme work yeah. the thing about that is that I don't know if they said exactly where he's from but he's definitely like from I think at one point he said in Mexico we call it so he's definitely Mexican or maybe Central American something along those lines and he's being played by Patrick Troughton and? Who's not
0: Mexican.
1: <laughs> no, but, <laughs> here's, but here's the thing, and I, I have to defend it strongly. I don't find this, and granted, I'm not the first, I, I, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm white. Like, I'm just going to say it. Um, but I would defend this as not racist because you've set this storyline at the time 60 years in the future, roughly. Is it 50? Or You said it far in the future. Um and you've also divided the world massively under under completely new
3: countries new and
1: zones yeah. people theoretically moved around a lot all you all you've done is you've taken a guy who has a they gave him a, a little bit of a tan but it wasn't like he was in blackface. They didn't put him in a sombrero or something <laughs> offensive. They they, they darkly rules funny. the world from his sombrero. <laughs> you could give him a little
3: evil castanet, <laughs>
1: oh and I will God. kill you. You you've given him a slight tan, but you could easily see that in sixty years, if you were if we were talking today about uh, two thousand and eighty mm-hmm. uh, or two thousand and seventy, let's say. You could easily say that pe- that racially, racially, people could look very different, and somebody could be very Hispanic and have a deep Brooklyn accent. You know, <laughs> like that can happen. Well, and you, that happens
3: now. And, yeah. yeah,
1: and you, but you wouldn't say that that's like a, being like stereotypical or anything. It's just that's the reality of the world, and the reality of the world that they've fallen into is that this guy who has a who you could is either from Mexico or has this ax, this foreign accent just happens to look at that because of however his birthing has gone well, over the and decades. the thing
3: is is that if you want to get down to the nitty-gritty actual definitions of the term being mexican or hispanic or latino it's it's not considered a race if you were to put it down and look at it on a census you know they don't define any of those as like a particular race they're defined as ethnicities And anybody of that ethnicity, there is a race spectrum. You have people who look like me, who are, like, kind of brown, you know, who are light brown, and then you have people who are really dark, and then you have people who are really light, and a lot of times... And there's a lot of racism within that, like in in that own culture, like people who are white, who are who appear more white, are more likely to get jobs on TV and things like that. There there there's a lot of prejudice even within those spectrums. So, yes, this Patrick Troughton, you there is very obviously there are people who are Hispanic, who look white and everything like that, who are blonde and White and everything like that. I'm not saying that. It's just the fact that you're taking this guy who's obviously not Hispanic and you're casting him as a Hispanic role. I thought he did a very marvelous job acting the part. Do I think it makes it 100% right for him to be playing it at all? Not entirely. But again, context of the time, you do. I, and again, it's a concession of the story, so whatever. But they could have made this guy go from anywhere and i'm kind of torn on it because it again just kind of the world they're setting up is very interesting just the fact that somebody like that could rise to power um it says a lot about you know the world that they're in like people wouldn't have a problem with that uh having somebody of color rise to power like mm-hmm. that that's fine but again i ha- i do have a little bit of an issue with it but it wasn't enough for m- to make me hate this episode
0: So it worked well on a story level, but on a meta level, it was iffy.
3: Yeah, very much so. And you can attribute that 100% to the time that this was made. But, I mean, we still see, see stuff like that in, you know... T- in this yeah. day and age, we we still see things people people doing things that they really shouldn't be doing. You know, some celebrities still go out you know for Halloween
0: in blackface. It's really-
1: well, yeah. We still I see mean,
3: Benedict well,
0: Cumberbatch playing Khan. Ta-da.
1: That's, he's a
3: great actor. He's yeah. a great actor, but he shouldn't
0: have been in that role.
1: Well, well we won't get into that. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. That's, but no like, one can yeah. replace I guess,
3: Ricardo Montalban. But I guess that's
1: <laughs> what, what I'm saying is, and it's a similar argument to that is that like. If you're going to just approach this as we have this storyline, in this storyline, our title character happens to look like this character who is of Hispanic descent. And I think focusing too much and, like, worrying too much about he's not Hispanic, he's not uh, African, he's not uh, uh, Indian, what, Indian... Thank you. Um, <laughs> we know
0: what you're
2: getting at. Yeah. Yes.
1: Is is taking is putting that at the front as opposed to just taking, like, this character and this person just happened to match up. And then we stick a foreign accent on him. And as long as it's not a overtly stereotypical accent, it's not like they had... Uh, cumberbatch like talking with a, a fake indian voice or anything oh, that
0: would have hurt
3: but
1: the, 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 like, it already did all you've done is put a character and a person into this slot of a role
3: honestly i i like what you're saying with that i i like what you're doing with that and i would agree with you because i like the idea of the best actor for the role is the one who gets the part the difference <laughs> is is that it no, I will say nine times out of ten that is the excuse for giving a role to a white actor as opposed to another actor, except for when you give Idris Elba the <laughs> the part of, of George, George Washington. Washington. I can't
0: wait for that movie. <laughs> I'd say the difference I mean, here no is
1: gonna, we're gonna have Salamander, whatever that is.
0: <laughs> Khan was a character that was initially, initially and famously played by help me Ricardo Montalban yes his ethnicity
3: I he was don't know he's Hispanic Latino he's, I don't know exactly what Hispanic he's
0: character was supposed to be Indian but that was the best we could do because racism casting etc and then they recast him for the reboot as a white man the issue there is that he was a very prominent person of color and was whitewashed for here salamander was not initially something else. And then there was a remake and this, he didn't have that history behind him. So it's not quite as egregious. It's still an issue, but it's not, he was a character of color and you took that from us. It's okay. Yeah. Again, passable, he, but still problematic.
3: Very. I think that's a good way of putting it. It's passable, but it still has an issue or two. And chances are, if you have to ask yourself, "Is this right?" There's probably an issue with that. There's and for me, a reason it's not. It's kind of like when you ask, "Is this racist?" Chances are, if you have to ask that question, it probably is, at least to some degree. It might not be as bad as something else, but just the fact that you ask yourself that question, it signals that something is not right.
1: Yeah, I guess uh, the, for me, the way it, the way it shapes up, the way it, it looks is as long as it. There's a story reason for the fact mm-hmm. that this person looks like Patrick Troughton. Yes.
3: Let me ask you a question, though. Yeah. If this had been in color, would you feel the same?
1: Um. Mm.
3: If this had been in color and you could see that it was, like, a bad makeup job.
1: If you could see that... <laughs> what was the... Um, spray tan. Or, or if top... he
3: looked like he was spray tanned or something it, like know, that. You know, it
1: would make me laugh and it would be weird, but... There's a good example of that, and it was the um, the last Wachowski brothers movie. The name escapes me. The one with Tom Hanks. That oh, was a book that Atlas. Uh, Cloud Atlas. Atlas.
3: Cloud was... Atlas thank <laughs> oh, you. They did
1: yeah. a lot of that, where they because the whole idea was that this is the same person being like the same spirit into yeah. different roles, and they literally took white people and put enough <laughs> makeup and p- prosthesis on them and CG to make them look. Asian or make Asian actors look white, and it was sort of just like the story. This needs to be what the story is about is that this is the same person, and it was really weird to look at. It. <laughs> I was, it was gonna visually... say that
0: still
3: sounds kind of racist, it, well,
1: but the thing is, it, it was visually bizarre, <laughs> but I but it wasn't racist because it's not setting out to offend anyone and it's not playing to any stereotypes. Well, All it that is doesn't is make saying, it not racist. No, anyway, I, I, I right. strongly disagree because you're putting too much emphasis on the fact that it's that this person is of that race if you're just looking at this as two as people a hispanic person and a white person who happen to look similarly and the only difference for them is a slight shade in their pigment it's not it's not we, we didn't put somebody in blackface we didn't make them look entirely different like with something really horribly stereotypical. It was a slight makeup job. So
3: even if this was in color, you wouldn't have a problem with it.
1: I wouldn't have a problem with it as long again, as long as we're <laughs> not talking we're not doing like mariachi bands <laughs> or like we're not calling him lazy. We're not doing anything like that. We're with an offensive term. None of that's being said, we're not like we're not saying anything like that it's purely a visual to what he looks like.
3: I will say, just because you're not meaning to offend somebody or you're not meaning to be racist, it doesn't mean you're not inherently being racist. Just yeah. because it's something you don't have to see or deal with, but and and that's a great yeah. and that's a
1: great point, And I think <laughs> let's leave it there. Yeah, I,
3: I agree, but um, I I liked this discussion, and I like that we can have it without getting mad or like, yeah. throwing anything across the table. I don't so- know. <laughs> 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 Never. Mind. I don't have anything to throw except a mug, and that's a little extreme. (laughs)
1: Sorry, I threw a pen just because you said throw stuff, and I had a pen.
3: if our commenters could do just the same thing and not throw throw things at us, (laughs) (laughs) that would be super...
1: And notice I didn't throw it at anybody. <laughs> I threw it past you guys. Threw anyway. You threw
0: it at the engineer.
1: I think this is enough of a good point to just take a break and talk to you guys about iTunes. Yay! And, thank, and thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we're gonna get away from all of what we (laughs) was just having. Because this is a fun show, and we want to have fun. We also want to get into the serious stuff. But the reason that we can have these conversations is because you guys help support us, not just on this show, but all the shows here at TV, And it means the world to us that you listen, but also... We want to know that you can help us out. You can help us keep the lights on. Podcasting is a new industry. We need all the support we can get so that, so that AfterBuzz can find sponsors, so that new listeners can find us. And the best way that you can do that is to go onto iTunes, hit the subscribe button. If you're watching it on YouTube, just head over there and hit subscribe. It doesn't hurt anybody, and it helps us out a whole lot. And if you got time... Hit us with a review. It only takes like 30 seconds. You go on there leave a five-word review. I challenge you. What do you think of this show in five words or less? Those are the reviews I want to be able to read next week on, on the podcast. And you'll get a shout-out. But I'll forgive you. If you want to have six-plus words, those are fine, too.
0: Here's one to start you off. I love all the hosts. <laughs>
1: Ta-da! I dislike the hosts. Aww. That's five syllables.
0: <laughs> That's the five words. That's five syllables. This isn't a haiku.
1: It's actually, it's actually four words. That's four so words I was, was five less.
0: syllables. You were under,
1: <laughs> and I didn't say syllables. I said words. You anyway, did say words. These are the kind of particulars. Let's, you know, the, all this, all the, the silliness. I thought was a great point in the middle of this whole episode. We got Griff or Griffin. I love chef. Griff. The chef. The chef is the it was best this human being. Bizarre. Com- comic relief in the middle of a, a storyline about a very like bad and well it's a very bad guy who's like trying to take over the world with murder and deception and there's this his cook is this <laughs> silly british man who just like it's like oh, man, everything i cook is terrible i'm gonna get executed probably
0: <laughs> well, at least my troubles will be over first Ew. course late second course Inedible, third course, interrupted by revolutionaries, fourth (laughs) course. He just... The level of cares he gives is in the negative. He just doesn't care. But he cooks well enough that no one says anything.
1: He just... It's just... He's a great addition. And it really... What it does is it brings this episode to life. Because it could get very flat playing this Bond game with, like, evil villains and sci-fi twists and all that. But he brings a it's a just a change of pace that like you need in any three hour long story
3: just that nice little degree of levity but it also tells you a lot because it makes you laugh as a viewer but it also tells you a lot about the world that they're living in because obviously we know about all this political intrigue going on behind the curtain but we don't really know what the day-to-day of that is like, and this guy knows exactly what that's like and can poke fun at it um, in a macabre sort of way, <laughs> because he has to live with it every day.
0: <laughs> it also kind of humanizes the stormtroopers in a way. You look at that and you go, well, he's working for the bad guy, but he's not a bad guy. In much the same way that our head of security was less "I'm evil and abuse my power" and more "I'm Javert." <laughs> so,
1: I mean, our head of security was very much just like "I'm doing my job." Like this guy is ostensibly doing the world a great service by helping to cure, to save us from famine. Why would I stop you? Why, why wouldn't I help him do what he can do? Yeah, and he's the show-
0: lawful good. And when mm-hmm. it turns out that the person he's working for is more neutral evil, he winds up going against him because you work for good. He's a
3: good, honest man. He's yes. javert.
1: And the chef is oh. is just like, whatever, I'm going to cook. And, <laughs> it's like, and it's like, maybe they'll shoot me. Then I won't have to worry anymore. It's <laughs> the best. It's, it's so much fun. And it's like that little morose, dark humor is exactly what a story like this needs. Oh, yeah. Um, and I love it. My and As we uh, transition off this topic, hit my one of my favorite lines from him, No, I'll leave. I'm only the chef. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was really good. Bouncing
0: off Victoria was maybe, great.
3: Maybe that wasn't actually in the script. Maybe the actor himself was just fed up and <laughs> just decided to leave the set.
1: <laughs> I always wonder when you have, I mean... When you have uh, what uh, what lines were improved? It's impossible to know because some of the best ones they're improved in another situation and they just get brought in, so they really feel scripted, but they're not. Mm-hmm. It's it's always yeah. fun. Um, <laughs> but so the, let's talk about the big twist in this episode the the bunker.
0: Yeah, I'd say uh, that was one of two big twists, and then a crazy stinger at the end.
1: Well, okay, so that we the the two big twists. I guess, uh, for you guys, were The Bunker and then Kent being bad. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's just because I watch so much television, but from, like, 20 minutes into the second episode, I was like, oh, Kent's going to be a bad guy.
3: Well, looking, I, I I feel stupid again because last week I was saying I didn't see that coming and this week I have to say the same thing because I didn't see that coming but if you look back at all those episodes, all the groundwork is there because you can tell Giles has a personal vendetta against against Salamander, and you he don't straight know up why. says he has
0: a personal vendetta, and
3: he which makes us want to trust him
1: because he's being honest with us.
3: Yeah, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a nugget of the truth. Yes. <laughs> it's not the whole truth. Uh, the Doctor from the get go is. hesitant to trust this guy because his immediate, you know, response is murder is the best way to take care of salamander, and so the doctor is wary to trust him. Whereas, you know, if you're coming if you watch a lot of like war movies or whatever, you're like, oh okay, that this is just war for them. They're revolutionaries. Okay, no big deal. In terms of, like, what they plan on doing, I didn't think anything of it. And so I had the rug completely pulled out from under me when it turned out he was in league with Salamander. I was like, oh, well,
0: I'm dumb. Well, same here. (laughs) And I also watched these episodes piecemeal. I did two and two and two with hours and sometimes days between them. So there were definitely things in the first few episodes where it was like, oh, oh, they laid the groundwork for that. In the episodes I watched two days ago, (laughs)
1: right? Well, I mean, normally people would have a week week between they'd watch these stories over six weeks.
0: Would you have? But they'd also discuss them more, I think, between the weeks. Yeah. Would you anticipate it
3: if, like, if these episodes had been sparsed out, you know, a week in between each one over the course of six weeks?
1: Well, what set me off on it was not like I wasn't looking at anything specific like that. I guess it was the sense that he. Just seemed to not... There were details missing
2: yeah. from his hmm. story.
1: Like, he didn't have any evidence, but... It but he
3: still wanted to just kill the guy. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. that
1: felt like there was a big chunk that... It, it, it always felt like there was a piece of his story missing, and the only reason you hide a piece of your story is when you're bad. It's also yeah. just from a story perspective, like this had, was for a 3 hour long storyline like i knew that there was going to be a twist coming mm-hmm. and that one just felt very available
3: yeah no and that's and it was good and it makes complete and total sense why they wouldn't be able to gather enough evidence because that would in turn implicate him as well
0: so did you doubt yourself when the first turn that ca- the first twist that came up was the bunker
1: No, I actually had just forgotten about it at that point (laughs) because, honestly, because I was having so much fun with the bunker storyline. Like, it wasn't that I, like, completely, like, forgot that, that concept that he was going to twist. I don't think I ever changed my mind. I think I always assumed he would be a bad guy. Um, but, and again, that's not to say that that's a bad twist by any means. Just because I guessed it doesn't mean it was <laughs> yeah. bad. It's no. just because of how much time I spent here at After Buzz <laughs> yeah. I have seen. And again, when you're talking about stuff from the 60s, I think that because modern stuff, Borrows not just who, but everything, yeah. has been influenced by this to the point where this classic story is what new, was new at the time. Today is like, oh, the guy we thought was good is bad. Okay. Never
3: well, seen that before. I do have to say... That when he first goes down to the bunker, when Salamander first goes down there, for a solid minute, I thought that they might give him some depth in terms of, like, oh, maybe he has a good reason for doing all of the things that he's doing up on the surface. Yeah. For a solid minute. And then they completely dash that with, nope,
0: he's just power hungry. <laughs> like, and, no, <laughs> and these are the people who are making the earthquakes. Oh, you're not altruistic. You're just a <laughs> jerk.
1: Yeah, it was, but I, you know, it, because it it takes a really tough, um, it really it, it takes a really good writer, and all credit to David Whittaker, who's a, at this point, this is what season five or six. I five, think it's I believe. five. He's been on the show since season one. This, so he's a Doctor Who veteran at this point. This is some skilled. It takes skilled writing to have a twist that comes completely out of left field but feels like it has always been there and makes total sense. Yeah. It like there was never like they didn't harp on the the national or natural disasters like it was a factor but we just it we we glossed over it. We didn't think about it. We figured
3: s- future technology
1: yeah, we, or we just figured natural disasters yeah. happen, like especially during like m- maybe it's more so today when it feels <laughs> like because the news can report on it all, like mm-hmm. there's always a natural disaster somewhere. Um, there are terrible things <laughs> happening that's no one's fault somewhere in the world.
0: Exactly. Well, and they laid the groundwork so subtly that we didn't realize they were laying it until they built the whole building on top of it, <laughs> and no. then had an earthquake and knocked it down.
1: <laughs> 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 um, but it was. It was a great twist. Yeah. Um, I loved like the, and, and even in that little bunker, we got all kinds of little nuggets of like these characters and what they've been going through. We got Mary and I think it was Colin. Colin, yeah. The, the two kids who are like, <laughs> is, I just want to see the surface. Is it, I want to
3: be where the people that are <laughs> i was also thinking a little bit i want to see the world beyond the wall and
0: out there <laughs> insert whatever disney song you want here
3: the,
1: the
0: disney i want song
1: <laughs> 90% of them.
0: of them fit there
1: um i love the part where they like the the, the proof that they get is like the tiniest little slip and like, did nobody, no, was nobody curious? Like, it wasn't like he was finding canned goods up on the surface, or like <laughs> vegetables or something. Like, he brought milk. He brought milk back, and it was like, don't worry about the radiation, guys. It's totally fine.
3: <laughs> I like that it was a carton that said milk. And if he really is doing it all himself, then he's like, he's actually you know getting a carton and putting you know, like that implies, in the- or that's what came from the catering. Yeah, I know, but like to them, that would be what he was do oh that's (laughs) true
1: yeah like he's because theoretically the world is in turmoil and he has to just find food like this that looks like he went he went down to the the town dairy and picked up a case (laughs) of milk
0: he's foraging and he found a costco um
1: and also milk if like if there's radiation everywhere the cow's probably infected and the cow's probably real sick yeah. Although, maybe, again, it's the second so. it
0: But They can <laughs> fix it with his special anti-radiation machine.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> Which, the ruler is filled with radiation.
1: <laughs> but, again, that it's, that, it's that situation of, like, there's somebody leading you. And that person is telling you this is the way the world is, mm-hmm. you have no reason to doubt him. It's a
3: little bit Plato's allegory of the den. Almost literally, because these are people who, you know, have the, not seen the surface in years. Oh, and the, cave, just, the cave. Of the cave. Here's yeah. the
0: shadows on the wall, and they're just like, okay, and one guy's like, but what's making the shadows? Shh! Watch the shadows.
3: Now I have to kill you, <laughs> just like the other guys who asked that question.
1: Yeah, I mean, in this case, he literally just takes them up to the cavern and whacks them on the back of the head with a conveniently Which, like lead pipe.
3: I mean, there I was salamander of... in the tunnel with the lead pipe. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, on the one hand, I understand that these people, you know, they they're living in fear and they they wouldn't have any idea what's going on in the world, and they. Theoretically wouldn't have any reason to mistrust Salamander. But if, like, three guys in a row go up with him and none of them make it back... What salamander is always okay? That says <laughs> something. Like it really takes to the fourth guy for and somebody else coming down the tunnel for people to be suspicious.
1: Yeah. Well, I want to ask a question in regards to salamander before, and we got to wrap up in a, yeah, in a minute. Um, <laughs> Can we at a, least talk about the last two
0: minutes at some point.
1: Yes, we will in our last two minutes. Okay. Um, which uh, engineer Josh? Make sure you signal, signal me when we run low. Um, I just want to ask a question because I think that the doctor ask is asking it a lot in this episode. Um, how evil does a man have to be before it is justified to kill him? Because the doc in the doctor's mind, especially in this episode, is it's not justified. Killing is never justified.
3: Yeah, uh, in the doctor's own mind, there's. Like, he, he never wants violence to be the answer. He doesn't see killing anyone. And we see this for a long time with the doctor. He doesn't ever want blood on his hands. He will abandon someone, you know, it, at a point in time, you know, he'll tamper with their TARDIS. He'll, he'll trap them in a mirror. He'll do all sorts
0: of things, but he won't kill them. He just believes in fates worse than death sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> because wow, some of those were
3: some of Okay, them, dude. Some of them were pretty unpleasant and arguably inhumane, but I mean, he's living by his own code and and I I can understand completely where he's coming from not wanting to literally and metaphorically get blood on your hands.
1: Mhm. Um it's a tough call and it's like it, it raises similar questions to like when you find yourself like uh let's kill hitler yeah um stuff like that i mean just the, the hitler metaphor is the classic one of like if you can go back and kill hitler do you um if, as a kid if you can go back and kill hitler as a child is it worth it how Maybe. could you
0: ever know
1: you can't Time I mean, paradox
3: yeah. yep. <laughs> you going back and trying to kill hitler would cause him to become hitler You're the reason he got kicked out of art
1: school. It very well and like, this is the kind of philosophical debate that I love that Doctor Who raises, and we could go on forever about, Mm -hmm. but we don't have time, because I do want to talk about the ending where we finally get Salamander and the Doctor in the same room, when when they like don't, they think that it's just the Doctor who like, who is like phased from the blast or whatever, and they bring Salamander into the TARDIS
0: the fact that salamander was savvy enough not only to go okay well this guy's been imitating me for a while let's turn the tables and then being able to do it just by acting like he was shell shocked he had he had them pretty well strung along
1: i mean we want to just call him like an evil like guy or now all that but he is smart. at the, at this point he is he's showing that he's very smart and could even you could even say that he's the doctor's equal
0: he couldn't keep the act up for very long. He doesn't know the doctor well enough and he doesn't have anyone helping him out in much the same way the doctor was had people saying, you need to sound like yeah, this and the, you need to know the this. The doctor
3: had an entire video watching this guy, the way he spoke and his mannerisms and everything like that. He mm-hmm. had that to work off of. Um, even when he didn't you know, have a whole lot of time to prep, he had at least some basis of comparison. This guy had absolutely nothing to go off of except for, oh, that's a guy that looks like me. I don't know what he sounds like. I don't but know he, he what know, he acts yeah, like. he knows,
1: But he knows enough instantly to know the instant I open my mouth, it's done. So I have to just find a play that I don't talk in. And he gets on the ship, and luckily the doctor shows up when he does.
0: They but, almost but, took off without it. Yeah, him.
1: but that moment where Salamander is, like, right over the doctor's face.
3: Man. That was a very impressive effect for yes. the time. I don't know how long we just, in terms of special effects, have been able to do that split screen. Um, I mean, at
1: this point, it would literally be, like, putting two pieces of film on top of each other.
3: Yeah, but I don't know when the first example of that was, but this was definitely very well
1: done. It was. I mean, this is like sort of class. It go, they've been doing this since um, silent film era, like right yeah. in the beginning, um, like windups. It's, <laughs> it's like it's just superimposing two images onto the same uh, piece of celluloid. But it, so, but it's they do it in just the right way so that you feel it. You feel that presence of threaten, the threatening salamander, the doctor who doesn't know what to do because he's for somewhat- somewhat sort of for the first time, he's fighting somebody who is on the same level as him, yeah, he's been in situations where he's not totally in control, but this is a person who is intellectually on his to some to some extent his equal, maybe not yeah. so far, maybe not the two thousand year old man version <laughs> that we have now, but this version this this younger doctor very much he's met his equal
0: well, there's a reason salamander nearly took over the world,
1: yeah. yeah. This is a guy, yeah, he took over the, this is a guy who took over the world. (laughs) Or nearly did, at least. Like, he got real, real close. close. How did
3: he not have an evil goatee?
0: (laughs) Because that trope hadn't been established yet. Okay, fair enough.
1: He did have a nice mustache, though. Didn't he? Didn't know. No. Oh, he didn't. No, because
0: they, he looked exactly like the doctor, and the doctor is true. They both the have rub. bushy eyebrows, though. Maybe I
1: that's just curious. maybe his eyebrows in my mind just sort of maybe. migrated. <laughs> a
0: Honestly, that's because creepy.
3: we know he's evil, you were probably just picturing him with you're, a little mustache. But yeah,
1: but so the doctor did very much meet somebody who was threatening because he's on the same level. And that's going to lead us into what we're gonna talk about next week. Uh, when we talk about the mind robber, the master's Ooh. appearance.
3: <gasps> are you kidding?
1: I, I think I'm pretty sure that's uh, what's happening. Well,
0: the commenters are either going to be like, yeah, or like,
1: I, yeah. no. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, so the mind robber next week, guys. Uh, but that's going to do it for us here at uh, After Buzz TV on Classic Doctor Who. Megan Megan Salinas. People want to keep up with you until then. Where can they find you?
3: You can follow me on Twitter at The Manguin. That's T A G M E N G U I N. I'm also on a bunch of shows here at After Buzz.
0: I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at kiaxet. That's K I A X E T. I'm also on Arrow, which is having its midseason finale tonight.
1: And you guys can follow me on Twitter at ThatZachWilson. T H A T Z A C H W I O L S O N. And a ton of shows here at After Buzz coming up next week, Ascension, which I'll be doing with uh, Megan Salinas yeah. over here. Uh, agents of shield is off agent carter comes back in january as does helix so thank you guys for tuning in i'm zach wilson and thanks for geeking out with us
2: from executive producers maria Manunos, kevin undergaro phil svitek and the entire AfterBuzz tv staff we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz tv network